Mangalam Gurudevaya Devya Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindeviya Sarvalokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarvadharma Sarupine Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishna Yati Namaha Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Majjama Mashmarachara Prayantam Vande Gurum Paramparam Om Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Mahishwara Guru Devo Param Brahman Tasmai Shri Guru Vedamaha Om Badra Kali Namo Nityam Saraswati Namo Namaha Vira Vira Vedanta Vira Viranga Vedanta Vijastana Evacha Sri Ganesha Sharada Guru Vyo Namaha Hari O so we're starting um, through the our latest course. It's going to be um, a class on the Shrimad, uh, the Devi Gita of the Shrimad Devi Bhagavatam, um, being given through the Ramakrishna Seminary. We're also, um, at least we're trying to also um, simultaneously broadcast live on YouTube and Facebook, because the last couple of years in the pandemic, we haven't had satsangs at the Kali Mandir. And so I know a lot of devotees are missing. We're missing a sense of community. So we're making these classes available. If people appreciate, if not, we'll take them off. You know, we, we don't have to. Um, those who are registered students uh, for the course um, will have, of course, access to question and answers during these classes, as well as our study material. So there's some benefit to that also. Um, so I love Shrimad Devi Bhagavatam. This is one of my favorite texts. Uh, um, I love, um, of course, there, there's two. There's so many beautiful texts. There's two great texts that are central to the goddess tradition, the Shakta tradition, the Devi Mahatmyam, the Chandi. And I've especially loved the Chandi. And, and I've given many, 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 many hours of classes on the Chandi, lectures on the Chandi. Usually during Navaratri, in the early years, we'd, we'd give a class every night during Navaratri. And some of those are recorded on the website, on the uh, seminary website. If you, under the student portal, there's a... Um, um, uh, Devi uh, Mahatmyam home study, and it's you can have access to the, at least like at least audio lectures of um, over nine nights with some writings things like that. So you, those are available to anybody who wants to watch. They're also available on YouTube and our podcast. Um, but for the for the Devi uh, Devi Mahatmyam of the Markandeya Purana, so Devi Mahatmyam of Markandeya Purana is extremely important um, um, uh, Shakta text. Actually, our next seminary class uh, for the Hindu goddess class will be primarily on the on the Devi Mahatmyam from Markandeya Purana. Very important developments of Shakta tradition in that text. The Devi Shima Devi Bhagavatam is a later text. It's um, uh, um, and it's further development of Shakta theology. You know, uh, where where Shakti um, gets it's very Vedantic. It tends to be very Vedantic where, where the Divine Mother is a Supreme Brahman. It's Advaitic in its orientation. Um, devotional, of course. Um, uh, and it's there's another text called the Srimad Bhagavatam that everybody probably knows about, the Vaishnava text. And that's also a, a favorite text of mine. I've been giving classes on the Srimad Bhagavatam for 20 years or so. Um, we're verse by verse, 18,000 verses. So Devi Shima Devi Bhagavatam, we haven't done that, but we have many years ago, I don't know, maybe 15, 20, almost 20 years ago, maybe more. I don't I'm very bad with dates and time. I the first classes I ever gave, the first lectures I ever gave was on the Devi Gita from the Shima Devi Bhagavatam. And I got about halfway through, and then we switched to the to the, the Shima Bhagavatam, the Vaishnava text. 
um, because I thought that our audience, our group of people that were gathering, would benefit from these foundational stories of, of the incarnations and foundational philosophy and the highly beautiful devotional mood of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, and, but I heartbroken that I've, I've never finished it. I, never, I started to give classes and never finished it. And so we'll give it a best shot. Let's we'll see if we can finish it. So the Srimad, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Srimad Devi Bhagavatam. I'll show you. It's 18,000 verses like the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Vaishnava text. Um, uh, it's the first translation with Swami by Swami Vigyanananda. He was a direct disciple of Sri Ramakrishna, um, a great saint, and he lived most of his adult life in Allahabad, in Prayagraj. And so our, my guru's ashram and the Ramakrishna mission that's established there at his original center are very close. And, um, and his rooms are there. And so we have a, a natural connection to Swami Vigyananda. Um, he also was an architect, so he designed Belarmat, the main temple of Belarmat. How beautiful, if you've ever seen that, this beautiful multicultural Gothic-like temple over the remains of Sri Ramakrishna. That was his design on the instructions on Vivekananda. And he also, he was very independent. Even when he became president of the Ramakrishna order, usually the presence of the Ramakrishna order moved to Belarmat and init to initiate people. He agreed to become the president of the Ramakrishna order, if he but he wouldn't move to Belarmat. He stayed in Allahabad in his little kutir, doing his own independent thing. People would come for initiation. He says, I promise to, I'll initiate you if you promise never to write me a letter, ask me a question. He was very independent. He wanted, he was um, um, uh, um, uh, reclusive and an ecstatic and a visionary. He had so many visions. So he was in his own mood. He wasn't institutional orient, institutionally oriented. And, but he did public, he did do two major translations, one of the, of the Ramayana and one of the Devi Bhagavatam. And it's, Ramakrishna is not mentioned. The Ramakrishna mission is not mentioned. Even if you, I've asked Ramakrishna monks, is this Swami Vigyananda? Are Swami Vigyananda? I don't think so. It is, we found out. So even he published it independently. You know, so that shows you his independent spirit, you know. But it's a masterpiece. It's huge text. Um, there's a few other translations that have come out since then. The one I have here is, um, let me move my notes here. Actually, I'll go back to the translations momentarily. We'll talk about a few more things first. Um, so, while so there's a movement in the in 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 the, the the literature of the goddess in the Puranas, especially by the time we get to the Puranas, the goddesses are respected. Generally, goddesses are worshipped. Goddesses are mentioned. Goddesses are respected. Um, they're mentioned with reverence, right? Um, they revere the goddess. But in the but very few texts elevate the goddess as to the supreme deity, right? So the Shrimad, the Devi Mahatmya, the Chandi, she's definitely the supreme deity. But but we when we usually when we usually think of a supreme deity, Ishwari, the controller, Bhagavati, the uh, um, the like we think of Ishwara as God or controller, she's Ishwari. We think of Bhagavan, the Lord, possessor of six glorious qualities, she's Bhagavati. Um, when we think of Brahman, the absolute in Vedanta, and uh, she's Brahman, right? Um, um, we think of, of, of so many, so many things that we attribute to 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 main schools and development of Hindu thought, Hindu devotion, Hindu practice. 
she becomes, she's the supreme. So this is a major elevation of the Devi. Um, so that's a very important. Uh, um, and the underlying philosophy, as I mentioned, is Advaita, Advaita, Advaita Vedanta, a type of monism, um, but combined with devotion, a devotional orientation and Shakta, of course, Shaktism, but also certain elements of Tantra and Yoga, Kundalini, um, um, uh, many things like that are mentioned. The chakras, kundalini, bhutashuti, all those things are mentioned in the Srimadevi Bhagavatam. So it's a lot of a lot of tantra and yoga has come into it. It's interesting. It's not, it's it's I can't say it's not a tantric text, it's a tantric, it's a Puranic text, right? But it's um it's it seems to be a little bit critical of certain schools of tantra, right? And partially because perhaps historically, as the Devi Bhagavatam um how should I say, um, local traditions, tantric traditions, edgy traditions of goddess worship in the Devi Bhagavatam got elevated to Shastra, to, to almost like the Vedas, to the Upanishads, the Puranas like that. And some of the more controversial edges in the tantric and the goddess uh, and yoga world were kind of, um, oh no, we don't believe that. This is not, this is, this is authentic. This is traditional, right? So you have a little bit of that uh, going on. Whatever there is a conflict, even in the Devi, Devi Gita itself, later on towards the end, we'll hear it and put in the Divine Mother's own voice or Divine Mother saying, when there's a contradiction between Tantra and Veda, when I should accept the Veda. Right, uh, so uh, uh, um, it's 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 claiming to be in line of the Vedic tradition, not the tantric tradition, but has within it so many tantric uh, teachings and elements, right? Tantric and yogic themes, right? And we say, oh, it's it's oriented around the Devi. What does that mean, right? Um, uh, what is a Devi? What is the divine? We think, oh, the divine, Devi is the divine mother. Um, um, so it's not, she's not exactly like mommy type of divine mother. We usually think of the divine mother as maha, I call it sometimes joke, maha mommy. She's a great, she's everyone's mother. She's ever affectionate. She's our loving uh, caresser. And that's true. The, the goddess is that. But here she's the maha devi. She's that. And she is a terrible. She's supreme queen. She's destruction. She's birth. She's death. And we'll think just like in the Bhagavad Gita, there's a scene where Krishna reveals himself as the cosmic being, including life and death and everything. There's almost an identical scene in the Devi, in the Devi Gita where Devi herself reveal herself as birth and death, as kings, as gods, as demons, as a whole spectrum. So it's not it's mother not just not just as maternal and affectionate, although there be the opening verses of the Devi Gita describe how she's ever affectionate, right? So we, she, this is being emphasized, but she's, she, we don't, it doesn't mean mother only in that. Mother has many things. Mother is also the ground of being. It's the womb, the source, right? Um, uh, shakti, power, also fate, right? Her will, her fate and destiny is her will. Her will is supreme. Um, she's the source of everything. Um, uh, like there's an opening scene from the, the very first story mentioned in the, in the full Srimad Bhagavatam, Srimad Devi Bhagavatam. It mentioned just like we see in many Puranas, including the, the, the Vaishnava Srimad Bhagavatam, where Vishnu lies in the cosmic ocean. We all know this beautiful uh, story. Vishnu lies in the cosmic ocean. 
on the ocean of, of potentiality on Anantashesha, right? Out of his navel comes Brahma, a lotus, lotus opens, Brahma comes out. From Brahma, he creates, he, the, he listens to the, he meditates, listens to the Vedas, and creates the world. We know the story, right? That story is told throughout the, the, the Puranic traditions, right? And it's always told for a different, different places for a different purpose. In the Devi Bhagavatam, it's told to show, okay, where does the world come from? From Brahma. Where does Brahma come from? From Vishnu. Okay, we understand that. That, that, that's, that, that we, we know what that religion looks like, right? Where does Vishnu come from? No, no, Vishnu, Vishnu, he's always there, right? Okay, where is he lying on? Well, he's on that snake. Okay, so something supports Vishnu? He's supreme, but there's something that supports him? Okay, that's interesting. Well, okay, well, the, the Vaishnavas have a theology for that. Oh, it's a particular manifestation of Vishnu, right? That becomes later, in, uh, uh, that's the, the supportive power of Vishnu um, uh, that becomes Balaram and the Krishna incarnation and, and, and Lakshman and Ram incarnation, um, uh, Anantashesha. Okay, we can think of, what about Anantashesha? Where is he? Oh, he's in the causal ocean. So the causal ocean is supporting Vishnu. Okay, where is that causal ocean? Where is it exactly? What is it existing? Uh, that's the point in the womb of the Divine Mother, her reality, right? The substratum of being. That mother here means the womb, the substratum of everything. We exist before we're born, we exist in our mother's body, in our mother's womb. We exist, we may have independence, we may think we have independence, we may actually have some independence, but it's all borrowed, it's all her, and it's within her. Even if we have independence, Without her, we wouldn't, we'd have nothing, we wouldn't have a place to exist, but to speak of exist. So, um, uh, so that's, uh, and also the point of the Devi that opening chapter of the Devi is to point out that she is that womb, she is the supreme, and also um, um, elevating her, right, uh, in, in a little bit of competition to other texts that describe other deities as supreme. The Puranas are generally a sectarian, and sometimes a sectarian has different meanings. I don't necessarily mean the pejorative, fanatical sectarian, although some Puranas have such statements. I mean sectarian in the sense that it's meant for a religious community. Uh, and so like Vaishnava Puranas are meant for information and details and stories, ancient stories retold with that community in mind. The Shaivai Puranas tell those stories with Shiva Shaivites in mind. The Shakta Puranas, like Srimadevi Bhavatam, Arkadeya Purana, tell the stories with Devi Bhaktas in mind. Sometimes the very same story will be told, um, but with a different purpose. The term Purana literally means old or ancient, right? And it's a genre of, of, of Indian, Indian literature, and it covers a huge um, uh, um, range of topics, sometimes considered almost like an encyclopedia, encyclopedic, right? Um, uh, uh, particularly the, the main topic, it's ultimately going to be, I'm not using the word legendary as an unreal, but legends, uh, uh, legendary stories, other traditional lore, um, um, and usually will include, I'm told, in intricate layers of symbolism depicted within these stories, right? Topics will include cosmogony, cosmology, genealogies of gods, of goddesses, of kings, heroes, sages, gods, folk tales, pilgrimage places, sto stories of temples and their founding, 
um, details of medicine, astronomy, sometimes grammar, mineralogy. There's just funny stories, there's humor. There's uh, love stories, romantic stories, um, 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 uh, theology, philosophy. And it's always stories within stories within stories within stories. So it's very complicated and layered, right? Traditionally, there's, it's called the uh, Pancha Lakshana. Pancha Lakshana means that there's five marks of a Purana. Pancha Lakshana. And even in the opening chapter of the Devi Bhagavatam, it says this Supreme Bhagavatam, this Supreme Purana is a Purana because it has these five categories of topics. Those five categories I'll mention quickly is the story of the creation of the universe that has to tell the version of the creation of the universe. I just gave you a hint from the womb of the Divine Mother there's the cosmic ocean. On top of that cosmic ocean, there's Ananta Shesha, not snake, there's Vishnu. Out of Vishnu comes a navel, Brahma create. You know, so we have a simple version. It gets more retellings in the Devi Bhagavatam will be much more esoteric. But even at the opening scene establishes itself as marking the first quality, the creation of the universe, right? The second is its destruction and, and renovation. It's the changes in the universe, right? Uh, uh, the third is um, uh, the genealogy of gods and kings and patriarchs, right? Uh, uh, so it's the, the stories of how the different lineages have come down, the Manus, things like that. Actually, it's Manus, are, Manus uh, represents its own category. The fourth is the, the reigns and lineages of the Manus, and the forming the, these periods called Manvantaras, right? Like in the, if, you, if you know the, the, the Devi Mahatmyam, um, the Chandi, each chapter ends when Suvarni was Manu, right? It tells a story of how Suvarni became Manu, how Suvarni in his previous life was Surata, who's one of the characters in the story of, of, of the, the Chandi, becomes, becomes Manu and rules an age, right? Uh, something like, actually we get the word man, I can't get, but man and Manu have a similar source, right? The stories of Manus. And then also supposed to have the history of, of the solar and lunar races and uh, 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 like this. So some Puran, not all Puranas really have all these five and the main purpose of the Puranas usually is not to give you lineages of Manus, right? It usually has like, oh, like the story of Krishna and the gopis, right? Or the story, or Vishnu and his avatars, right? So like the Srimad Bhagavatam is about Vishnu and his avatars primarily, right? Krishna and his avatar, the Vishnu and his avatars, right? But it'll have to mention these things in order to be considered a prana, right? So I'll mention, I'll, I'll read a verse in translation, translated by Sanyi Vigyanananda. This is from the second, second chapter, from a Bhagavatam. Um, first canto, second chapter, verse seven, uh, uh, 17 uh, and 18. Thus, the Mahatma Veda Vyasa has divided this Bhagavad Purana into so many skandhas and into so many chapters. Vyasa, who's Vyasa? The one who spoke the Vedas, the one who organized the Vedas, the one who wrote the Mahabharata, you know, the, 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 the great uh, sage incarnation, uh, a plenary incarnation of Vishnu, who, um, who expounds and organizes the Vedic literature and the traditional literature. Veda Vyasa has himself divided this text into twelve into um uh, 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 into so many skandhas, skandhas mean chapters or cantos like that, or sections, and to so many chapters, and that number of verses is 18,000 is already stated. That is dominated, that is dominated the Purana, which contains the following five characteristics. Sarga, creation, 
Pratisarga, secondary creation, Vamsa, the dynasties, Man, uh, Manvantaras, I mentioned, reigns of Manu, and Vamsa and Natcharita is a description of Manus and other kings, another description of the five, right? So it itself is describing, it is a Purana, it has these five, Vyasa wrote it and organized it as, as it is. There's 18 major Puranas and different lists. That, that list is symbolic also. It's like 108 is symbolic, you know, 54 is symbolic, 18 is also symbolic. So there, but so different lists will list different texts as a Maha Purana. They, uh, they call it Maha Purana or major Puranas. Then there's also 18 Upa Puranas. Upa Purana is a minor Purana. Really, the only difference between a major Purana and a minor Purana is how famous and how popular it is, right? Mahapuranas are well-known, Upapuranas are less well-known. So the Srimad Bhagavatam is a, is a Mahapurana, right? Is a great, very well-known text. Um, texts like Kurma Purana, Matsya Purana, um, 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 uh, Kalika Purana, these are minor Puranas, they're less well-known, right? And I mentioned that they're sectarian, but they're actually, they're sectarian, but they're not that sectarian. I mentioned sectarian as in, as has been connected to a certain uh, community, but like other gods will be worshipped in a positive way very often, right? And their benefits will be described, often be described of the benefit of worshipping. So they're sectarian, but not so sectarian. Um, so I'll mention another verse from the um, uh, uh, from the twelfth canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Srimad Devi Bhagavatam. Sutta said, the speaker said, "O sages, in days of yore, from the lotus face of Devi Bhagavati, the supreme goddess Bhagavati, came out Srimad Bhagavatam, this Devi Bhagavatam, in the form of a half a sloka, half a verse. So first, the divine mother spoke half a verse to whom, to." Krishna or Vishnu, you maybe you've seen some art has little Krishna on a leaf, on a banyan leaf with his toe in his mouth. That form, the Devi appeared and spoke half a verse. Right? This is how this is the, the Divine Mother herself spoke the entirety of the Devi Bhagavatam by reciting half a verse to Vishnu, right? About what she gave instructions to Vishnu, sleeping on that leaf of a banyan tree, that same thing, the seed of Srimad Bhagavatam, Brahma himself expanded into 100 million verses. Right? So from one half a verse came 100 million verses. Then Veda Vyasa, the, the uh, great Vyasa, in order to teach his own son Sukha, condensed them into 18,000 verses. That's what we have now, right? Uh-uh in 12 books and named it Srimad Devi Bhagavatam, the present volume. That voluminous book comprising of 100 million slokas compiled by Brahma is still existing in the Devaloka, in the higher realms. You can, if you want to find you, you can go to Devaloka into, into, the God, into the realms of the gods and you can maybe check it out, take all 100 million verses uh, or we can do the version we have. So what is that, 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 that half a verse? That half a verse that got expanded into in millions of verses and now is in our 18,000 18, verse. So, um, okay, I, I should have put it on a graphic for if you to see it, but I'll recite it as best I can. Sarvam kalvidhamevaham. Sarvam kalvidhamevaham. All that you see, right, is only me, she says. 
What a statement. That's where it starts. Everything you see, this whole every this whole universe, sarvam kalvidam, meva meva aham. I, this is me only. Nan yasta dasti sanatanam. There is nothing else that is eternal, right? I am the eternal. I am, and, and everything you see is only me. That becomes complicated because what we see is not eternal, right? So she's going to, you'll see how she, um, the, how this will come out in the Divi Bhavatam. She is everything that is, she is everything that is seen, everything that is unseen. She is the changing and the eternal, the unchanging and how they're connected. We'll see it as a specialty of this particular form of non-dualism, Devi-focused non-dualism. So within the Devi Bhagavatam, the in the um, in chapter, I'm sorry, in um, uh, the seventh skanda, the seventh canto, the seventh book, right? The last ten chapters uh, is considered the Devi Bhagavatam. This particular conversation, Devi Gita, the Devi Gita is the last ten chapters of the seventh skanda. That's actually chapter thirty-two to to, to forty. Um, um, uh, um, uh, uh, something like that in chapter seven in that area. The Simon in it, the in, in that there'll be a frame story. The, uh, the gods will uh, pray to Devi. We'll get this probably next week. The gods will pray to Devi, the Devi will appear and then uh, 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 to satisfy their after their tapasya and offer them a boon. Over and above the boon that she grants them, which I'll give you a hint, is to be born as, as Parvati, uh, to kill a particular demon. To, marry, to be born as Parvati, marry Shiva, have Kartike as a son that will kill the demon uh, Tadakasuda. I've just given you the gist of the, of, of the first uh, 15, 20 verses. Um, but then the gods and the Himalayas ask a whole set of other questions. Now that we have you, right? how do we see you all the time? Right? What is your nature? How do we realize our, our nature? What's the way of yoga? How is kundalini awakened? How do we develop bhakti? Is bhakti sufficient to realize you? All these topics are asked one after another, and the Devi answers the questions. Very similar, although the scene is different, like, like Krishna speaking to Arjuna, Arjuna asking questions, and, 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 and Krishna answering, something like that. So here, the Himalaya, the, the, the Lord of the Himalayas, in, 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 as a spokesperson for all the gods, is speaking, asking questions, and Devi is answering. In it, there's many verses directly from the Bhagavad Gita. There's many verses similar to the Bhagavad Gita. So we know actually the text is older than the Bhagavad Gita, for instance. That's the way we can tell the way we date it. It quotes directly or in just form many Upanishads, right? It quotes directly mantra after mantra or in, or in summary form many verses and themes from the Devi Mahatmyam and from other and from Vedic texts, right? So it's it's uh, uh, and it does so unapologetically. It's like, oh, like, oh, people think, oh, see, there, it's copying. It's not copying, right? The, uh, the, 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 the Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads are very important. We understand their meanings and very, very important. And the Devi, the writers of the text, maybe the Devi herself or Vyasa himself or whoever Vyasa is in the, in, in how, how the text actually became into its present form, right? Uh, uh, the verses from the Upanishads and from the, from the Bhagavad Gita are freely uh, used. And so we don't have many commentaries on Devi Bhagavatam, but we have many commentaries on some of those verses and other texts that would, that would be helpful too, right? So 
speaking of commentaries, we have so our kind of main textbook. We have this version, the Devi, Devi Gita by Mackenzie, um, C. Mackenzie Brown. Um, he has, there's two versions of this book. One has a white cover, one has a blue cover. The blue cover just has, has a really good introduction and just has the verses. It doesn't have commentary. This white version of the Song of the Goddess, a translation, annotation, and commentary has some commentary and notes. And it's an intelligent, it's meant for an uh, um, uh, interested audience. It's, and and there's, there's not much else out there, to be honest. There's a few other translations with no comments. Um, and without commentary, something you'd miss the, how profound uh, the collection, these collection of teachings are and some of the meaning. So this is very helpful, not necessary. We'll, we'll, if you don't have it, it's a little bit of costly book, it'd be okay. I, the gist of it, some of the main points that I find important um, we'll be discussing as we go through the verses, right? Another version I, I suggested is another inexpensive version by Dr. Ramruti. Um, um, just, it has a, has a, 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 a the, the transla translation has original verses and it's just another translation. So it's always good to have a second translation. And in Swami Vigyanananda's big translation, the chapters are also there. So some people have extracted it and made it into some booklet or pamphlet. I think I, I may have provided a, um, a PDF of that on the website. On the website, uh, uh, so you have that to start as a. Because I'll be quoting, looking. I often look at Swami Vigyanananda's translation just to get a flavor of a, a different a, a different take on it. And there's also another translation maybe you have there's one by it's called Devi uh, the Devi Bible time retold by um, by uh, Ramesh Menon right this is a, a telling it's a retelling of the full Devi Bible time not everything is there some things are summarized some chapters are left out um, um, uh, um, it's not verse by verse you can't follow it verse by verse but it's a night it's the Devi Bible time can be very complicated so this helps you kind of Read it if you're interested. And in it, the just so that you know, it starts the Devi the Devi Gita in this version starts on chapter 51. The, the chapters are not titled, so it's easy to lose it. So if you have this and want to see like a bird's eye view of what's being told, not verse by verse, but idea by idea, uh, by um, um uh, Devi by uh, Ramesh Menon. It's a good book. I like it. Right. Uh, <clears throat> There's another version by uh, 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 Swami Satchananda Saraswati from the uh, uh, Devi Mandir. Um, it's an old version. Um, it's not my favorite translation. The benefit it has a Devanagari and transliteration. So if you want to see what the verses look like and you want to, it may have some value like that. The translation, it's not my favorite, but um, it may have value uh, if you want to compare, you're thinking comparing versions for yourself. Right. Um, there is only one major in the classical world commentator on the on, on the Devi Bhagavatam and therefore in the Devi Gita, and that is a, 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 a pundit named Nilakanta Chaturdara. Um, he was in the 17th century. He lived in Banaras. He wrote a very famous commentary on the Mahabharata, and he wrote he, he commented on many things. The Mahabharata, his commentary on Mahabharata is still being used quite a bit. Um, um, he influenced later writers like Madhusudananda Saraswati, um, Ayapa Dikshita, some very famous um, devotional and Vedantic uh, uh, writers. So he was an important personality. Um, and he wrote a, a, a Vedic 
leaning um, uh, commentary, Vedantic, Advaita Vedanta leaning commentary on the Srimad Devi Bhavatam. We don't, I don't have the full, I'm looking for the whole thing in Sanskrit, right? If anybody can find it, this is something I'm searching for. Um, but so we don't have a direct version, but uh, um, Mackenzie Brown will quote sometimes from him. So uh, we'll gl- like how he glosses up a term, this word means this, this reminds us of another verse. So we'll give, so that's, that has some value. Um, so actually, I, we I tried to pause through a quick introduction, but I want to get to at least a few verses, right, uh, to set it up. So I will we'll talk. I want to talk maybe go through the first three verses, uh, um, of, uh, and before we get to verse this these three verses, what ha- the, the frame story is the sage Jan, Jana Mijaya, he's um, uh, the son of King Parikshit. Right, a uh, uh, grandson of of, of, the, of the Pandavas, right, important character uh, throughout the, the Mahabharata. He is having a conversation with the sage Vyasa, this, the the great sage, and there's different versions of how this conversation happens. But um, in the Devi Bhavatam, as you know, if you know about King Parikshit, King Parikshit, he in a, a moment of foolishness. Right, he insulted a, a sage, a brahmana, sage in the forest. Right, he went on hunting, and actually, whenever a, a king goes hunting, kings are allowed to hunt, but things always go bad. Right, every story starts with the king going hunting. The reason kings are allowed to hunt is that it keeps their skill uh, in in weaponry sharp, even in times of peace. Right, so they're they're allowed and they're allowed hunting. So he had gone hunting. He got he kind of got lost. And he got thirsty and hungry, and he wandered into the uh, hermitage of a saint. Uh, of, 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 um, um, and seeing that saint, he, he, uh, uh, he went, he says, I'm hungry, please, please give me some attention. And the saint was in meditation. Um, and then it's like being insulted, it's like, you know who I am, don't you think, don't you know, not realize he should have been humble in front of a saint. He took his bow and he found a dead snake outside, took the snake and put it over the, the, the gar- around the neck of the saint, right? Um, uh, 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 and when the saint woke up from his meditation, he said, I don't know, probably took it off and throw it, but the saint's son, Right, uh, 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 um, uh, was extremely uh, um, insulted, and he cooked water or green tea in my case, right, and pronounced a curse: "May you die from snake bite in seven days," like this, right? You know, and so he, King, uh, so Critic Prickshit eventually dies snake bite in seven days, right? Uh, um, we know. Uh, um, that's how the Srimad Bhavatam is told during those seven days. Uh, uh, we know that story. Uh, um, that's why they call Bhagavat Sapta. It takes seven days to recite Bhagavatam. That seven days is very important. But the son of Parikshit, uh, Janam Manjaya, he was really upset with snakes. And he knew became the, now the, the, the emperor. So he decided to do a great sacrifice called the Sharpa Satra, a sacrifice where snakes are the offering he wanted to destroy all snakes with each swaha millions of snakes poured into the fire he was going to liberate them that's very bad right snakes are and so snakes are not just snakes in the mahabharata period this time snakes are also they're nagas nagas are semi-divine 
beings. They're not just snakes and lizards. They're also mystical beings, semi, semi nature spirits and underworld spirits. There's also people who are Nagas. Um, even even um, um, Arjuna, I think, has or Indra is part Naga, right? You know, so every Naga or anybody with Naga blood was being pulled into the fire. And so there, so in this story, Vyasa, it's complicated. I can't tell the whole story. I want to get to the verses. I only have a few minutes. Um, he he goes to Janamanjaya during this big sacrifice and begins to tell the Bhagavatam or the Mahabharata, right? And the Mahabharata, he tells the Mahabharata here, they tell the Devi Bhagavatam these stories to show that actually life is very complicated. You're not the only one that has suffered. Many people have had have been insulted. Many people have died unjustly um, or seem to be unjustly. Um, and it, it's and telling these very complicated stories, Janaman Jaya realizes, oh, what have I, 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 he, he changes his mind and stops the sacrifice. So within these stories, within stories and stories, a story, he starts telling stories about different incarnations of Devi, of how, how Sati died how Sati uh, in his previous incarnation of Devi, um, Sati was insulted by, by Daksha and commits suicide or burns herself up. And he tells that story. And then Vishnu, uh, Shiva is carrying around the dead body. Vishnu cuts up the body. The ashes fall in different places. No become the Shakti Pitams. We'll get back to that. The great places of the pilgrimage. And a few other stories he tells. And so the opening verse, Janaman Jaya says, a while ago, you mentioned one of these stories about Devi's appearance and how she how she became how she became parvati how she agreed to be born as parvati right but you only mentioned it mention it again tell me more details so that's how the story starts so with that i'm going to share a screen here you guys can see that okay so this is an example this is a picture of this uh this um this uh um uh sharpa satra this 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 sacrifice of of um one second here. Somebody is not muted. Please mute yourself. Okay. So you can see the sacrifice of the snakes going on in the corner, the king and the sages. The sages are talking to the king, telling me these tar telling the story, something like that. So let's look at verse one. Jana Jan Janna Majaya Uvacha. Jana Majaya said. This Uvacha we hear in Bhagavad Gita, Sri Bhagavan Uvacha, right? The, the blessed Lord Bhagavan said, here Janman, Jan, Jana Mejaya says. What, so he's mentioning, before you said something, what did you say? Let me see if I, if I can, my, if my, let me drink a little tea and then focus my eyes, see if I can chant this. Is my eyes bad today? Dara Dara Disha. Maybe I do it on my screen here, on my notes here. Dara dara disha maulya va virashit param mahaha yak duktam babata purvam vistaratad tadasvame. Something like that. We'll go through them. So, so this the translation I'm using here, this is the Mackenzie Brown translation, the C. Mackenzie Brown. Um, so you have you have copies of this. You'll see how it's in. In his translation, he he splits lines kind of a weird way, like one line, and then there'll be a then then the next uh, half the verse will be in one line, and then, so the way he splits it as best he can is splitting the two ver the two 
parts of the sloka, so you can kind of find out where he is. Although he doesn't give the the, the transliteration at the end of the book, the Devanagri is there. But so I put the transliteration for our benefit, so and kind of split so you can see what part of the translation matches what part of the Sanskrit. You can we can see it this way. Disha. So first, where am I here? I'll read the translation first. You said earlier that the supreme lustrous power manifested itself on the crest of the Himalaya, the mountain lord. This you mentioned only in passing. Now explain it to me in full detail. So I'll, just uh, for comparison, Swami Vigyanananda's translation, O Muni, you told me before that the highest light took her birth on top of the Himalayas. Now describe to me in detail about this highest light. So here he uses the word, here it says how it manifested, and Vigyananda uses took birth. So the, these will give some flavor of what it means, what, what's being described. Dara dara adisha, this first word, dara dara adisha. Dara dara, dara dara, dara means support, dara, support, the support of the support. So who is the, so the, so, so this is, this means mountain, dara dara means mountain. So, uh, uh, um, support of the earth, it means mountain. And adisha means lord, right? Uh, adisha, so the mountain lord. So the mountain lord means, or the lord of the mountains means the Himalayas. Himalaya personified, the lord of the Himalayas is named Himavant, Himavant or Himavant, right? And he's an important character. But the mountain itself is considered the king of mountains. Amongst mountains, Krishna says in the Gita, I am the Himalayas. Amongst immovable objects, I am the Himalayas, I think is what he says, right? Here, immovable objects means mountains. Amongst mountains, I am the Himalayas. So. You manifested yourself and the crest of the Himalayas. Maula Avahi. These were, were struggling with these words. Something along the lines in ancient times, you came down, you manifested. This, uh, 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 this, this word Avahi in this Maula va, that you see the Vavira, um, uh, Avavira sit, has this idea like of descending. Or we, like avatar, something like that, we, similar uh, sound. Um, so in ancient times, you came down, you manifested, or she came down. This light manifested at at the at, at, on the on the Lord of the Himalayas, right? So also, Lord of the Himalaya means could be top of the Himalayas, right? The Lord of something, the controller of the highest point. So at the top, so that's what he's given. Earlier, you said that lustre power on the crest of the Himalayas. You appeared on the on 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 the, on the top of the Himalayas. What appeared? Param Mahaha, the supreme light. Param Mahaha. So this is very important. This Maha. We'll go back to it. And we'll we'll, uh, uh, we'll go through the, ver the, the 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 words first, and then we'll we'll kind of flush it out a little bit. Yagdutam bhavata purvam. Yat utam. Bhavati Purvam, that's explaining the words a little bit. You earlier, Purvam, earlier you taught this. Yat Uttamam, Uttam, you spoke or taught something. You taught about this divine light. I mentioned mentioned in the in a previous story, right? Uh, 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 where are we? Purvam. Uh, Vistarat Tat Varasva Me. Now 
this uh, give me in full detail. You just mentioned it. Now tell me in full detail. So let's start with this. Uh, let's pull these uh, some of the ideas apart. You mentioned before that's a very common device, especially in the in the in the Puranic literature. Somebody's telling a story, and there's like one of the qualities of the Purana is story within stories within stories within stories within stories, right? And as the stories get told, so many stories. So somebody will say, a while back, in the middle of that very complicated story, you mentioned something. The Devi, the Devi Mahatmya, the Chandi starts the same way, where um, um, uh, he, he uh, says, you mentioned about this Maya. You mentioned this word Maya. Who's Maya? What's Maya? Right? And oh, let me tell you a story. One time, a a a a, 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 a merchant and a, and a king went to the to the to the ashram of a sage and asked the very same question. A long time, ancient times, uh, and that's how we get the chandi. Uh, uh, so similarly, so this. So what does this mean? We mention many things. A teacher mentions many things. The saints mention many things. What are you interested in? What are you going to ask about? That's going to that's going to determine your level of consciousness, your level of spiritual development. What what type of question you ask will the, will determine will show where you are spiritually, right? Most people like I, I've I, I've seen this and I myself have done it. We go to some saint in India, and oh Maharaj, you know how long have you lived here? Oh, very. Oh, wow. How, how, and how did you come here? And what did you do? And um, oh, thank you, Swamiji. And you leave. Right. Give me your blessings. You didn't ask. We didn't ask anything. Are we not hungry? You know, do they not know anything? You know, uh, uh, so how to ask a good question is very important. Swami Chaitanya gave us a secret when going to saints and yogis. Right? I'll give you the secret, too. Don't let them. I mean, no, let me rephrase this. Right. Uh, uh, ask them. Right, Swamiji, Mataji, tell me what's good for my spiritual life. Right, the way I sometimes word it, I go to some say, "Oh, Swamiji, you are you are you've been at you've been uh, studying and you've been practicing your tapasya for so many years. I'm very young and immature on the path. Any advice you can give somebody just beginning?" And then all of a sudden, well, yes, there is. Right, then you give somebody they they can answer uh, give a good a good answer. Right, so similarly. Um, uh, the, the, somebody's question reveals their level of, of, of realization, and the saint will usually speak to that topic. Right. So, what is what what is this? What is he asking about? He's asking about this lustrous power, Param Mahaha. Uh, ma, so, one point that Mackenzie Brown mentions, and uh, and and Vigyan, um, uh, 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 um, um, uh, yeah, the commentator mentions. Oh, my brain's a little, mentioned a little bit more caffeine here. Focus my attention. <clears throat> um, is on this term maha, maha, maha. This maha means great. You know, like mahatma, maha. This maha that has this term, but maha here. It's not maha. It's not that type of maha. Param means great here. I'm sorry. Maha here means light, luster, shining, right? So 
This is a reference, can, can be a re believed to be a reference to an ancient story, many ancient stories of an, a miraculous light, an infinite light, an infinite pillar. There's even a story where Shiva, where Brahma and Vishnu are arguing who's supreme, and Shiva decides to humble them and appears on Shivaratri at midnight, in case you're wondering what it happened, as an infinite pillar of light, going infinite high and infinite down. Right, and they say, "Who? What is this?" Let, let, they make a deal. Brahma, you get on your swan, you go to the top. Vishnu gets on Garuda, and no, becomes Varaha, the boar incarnation, and digs and tries to find underground. After Vishnu goes for thousands of years, never finds the bottom, comes back up. Brahma goes up for thousands of years and gets tired. Right, and a flower falls, falls, and he catches the flower. And says, "Oh, flower, um, where are you from? Oh, I'm from the head of this pillar of light." Oh, one, and so he, um, um, Brahma goes back and he lies to Vishnu. He says, oh, I got to the top. And this flower comes from the top, right? Uh, 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 that, that type, and, but then Shiva realized you lied, right? And as a result, you're, uh, maybe Shiva is the supreme light. He's supreme in this story. He's supreme, right? And he humbles. It's the humbling of Brahma because you lied. You'll never be worshipped. That's why there's one of the verses why there's no Brahma temples. Nobody does Brahma puja, right? And even that flower, that flower bared faultlessness. He didn't defend, didn't tell the truth. Called the Kataki flower. That Kataki flower is forbidden to be used in puja for Shiva. Shiva cursed it that you should not be. I'll not accept worship by you, right? So things like that. There's many stories of infinite light, right? Of the uh, infinite pillars of light, like that. Here, that same story is being usurped by the Devi. She appears as this infinite form of light. A similar type of theme, right? What is that infinite light, right? The Taittiri Upanishad, right, describes in uh, uh, one, one five, uh, um, it says Maha, so it says that, that the, the Maha means Chaturti, means the fourth or the transcendent uh, um, syllable that we, uh, um, uh, in, 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 in the Upanishads, in, in, uh, there's this idea of the three states of consciousness and, and three states like waking, dreaming, and dreamless, right? Or the three letters, a, u, m, creation, sustenance, and destruction, those type of and things. The fourth, the chaturti, <coughs> is the transcendent. You have creations, uh, creation, sustenance, and destruction, um, waking, dreaming, and, and dreamless sleep. But what's beyond that? The fourth, chaturti, the means fourth, becomes turiya. Chatur, the tur, becomes turiya. That's where we get the word turiya from. Becomes the transcendent. Maha means, doesn't mean just mean light. It means, a trans, it means the transcendent mystical fourth. There's a term, maha iti brahma. Maha means brahman. Right, so we get a direct meaning, right? Though this, these three states of consciousness, the waking, jagrat, the dreaming, swapna, and the dream, and dreamless sleep, shushupti, right? Um, uh, uh, these, we're constantly moving in D3. What's, what happens in dreamless sleep? So the yogi say, and Shankaracharya argues for this. He says that the soul is immersed in Brahman, immersed in bliss, but we wake up the same fool, right? Because we're in Tamaguna. If we can attain that Brahman awake, not in deep, deep dreamless sleep, right? We can actually see Brahman directly and have a transcendental transformative experience, right? So Turiya is that fourth state beyond the, the three states, 
waking, dream, dreamless sleep, creation, sustenance. And what happens, these three states, underlying these three states, these three categories, these three manifestations, they come they come out of something. Ah comes out of something and goes into mm, into something. What is that silent sound, that force sound? That's that has to be known. That is maha. So iconographically and poetically, it is light, but it's also the silence from which sound comes. It's the ground of being from which manifestation comes. It's supreme. Right. Also, here it means the an iconic means a non-form form of the Devi. The Devi will take, we'll see next week, will take a form, a beautiful form of Bhubaneshwari. So this, this form of light or of consciousness or of silence, right, is uh, uh, um, her anarchonic form, right? So let's go verse verse two here. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this very so we set set ourselves up. Next week we don't have to do so much setup. Verse two, what does it say? Ko virjate. Let me, let me get my version here so I can see my eyes will focus. Uh, ko uh, ko vira, virajate matimam pibanchakti katam ritam shudham tu pipatam mrityo sa uh, naita chidnrivato bhavet. Something like that. What did it say? What thoughtful person would ever tire of drinking the nectarine tales of Shakti? Death comes even to those who drink divine ambrosia, but not to one who hears this act of hers. So you, we want to hear more of these stories of the goddess. Please tell me these stories. Swami Vigyanananda's translation, what intelligent man can desist from hearing these nectar-like words about Shakti? The danger of death may come even to the gods that drink nectar, but no such danger can possibly come to those who drink the nectar of Devi's glorious deeds. Ko, uh, so what is, um, let's look. Uh, uh, the, word, the word for an intelligent person, a wise person, is matiman. Mati means intelligence. Man means possessor, like shaktiman's possessor of shakti. Matiman's a protector of intelligence. A wise person, an intelligent person, a mature person, right? How could they stop drinking? Uh, whatever get tired of drinking the this this nectar. Which nectar? The nectar of 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 your lilas, your of your of your stories, right? Of stories of Shakti. And it's really this wonderful word, Katamritam. You see it at the end there, Katamritam. Kata, Kata means stories, right? Um, uh, 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 speech, narration, stories, fables like this. And Amrita, the nectar stories, right? Um, so let, actually, before let, let, let's, let's move back to, uh, before we jump into Katamrita into this idea of uh, more about this uh, mahit, um, uh, what is it, uh, matimam, desire of intelligence. What does it mean to be an intelligent person? Why does an intelligent person want to hear the katamrita, right? What it's saying is that this is a symptom of an intelligent person. Those who want to hear more about God, those who want to hear more about God, that is an intelligent person. This is, we have many definitions of smart person of a wise person. 
right? This is the Devi Bhavatam's uh, meaning, a definition. A, a, a wise person, an intelligent person, wants to hear more of the Devi stories, spirit talk about spiritual topics, hearing more about these beautiful details, right? I'm, rem I'm reminding of, of uh, Swami Saprakashananda, the predecessor of Swami Chaitananda, without the sign in St. Louis. In one of his books, he mentions four kind of sutras uh, that he created around the teachings of Sri Ramakrishna. One is, I'll tell you, these are the four sutras. One, that God, Bhagavan, or Ishwara exists. The divine exists. Not everybody thinks God exists. Right, and you may not think God exists, but Sri Ramakrishna knew personally that God exists, and so that's a big thing. How did he know that God exists? Because he attained God, Ishwara Lab, he attained realization, he had experience of God, right? And therefore, that second point God exists, and God can be experienced, God can be attained, God can be realized, known, spoken with, uh, intimately, union with, right? So God exists, the divine exists, or goddess exists, can be personally known, right, and experienced. The third one is that's the purpose of life. The purpose of life is to attain God, right? And then the fourth one, if the purpose of life is to attain God, if you don't attain God, then you didn't attain the purpose of life. Another way of saying that you've wasted this human life. This human birth is very rare, very difficult to get, that the scriptures go into great detail, how difficult it is to get a human birth. And so we need to, so an intelligent person uses his human birth intelligently, her human birth intelligently, right? And tries to attain God, right? And therefore hearing, speaking, meditating, chanting, worshiping, singing about God is, is a sign of intelligence, right? A desire, and, and, and why? Because a desire to be free from, ignorance from samsara that is intelligence right how to how to how to utilize this human birth so an intelligent person wants to hear the stories of god the divine stories the katamrita right the stories of god amrita what is amrita amrita means not a not mrita death right so amrita means immortality right amrita also means nectar because there's a story of the churning of the ocean where the gods and demons work together and nectar came out of the, out of the um, 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 it's called Samudra Mantana, the, the churning of the ocean. From the ocean came the nectar of immortality. Eventually the gods drank that nectar and they attained immortality. Did they attain immortality? That's why nectar, that liquid, also here is green tea. This nectar of immortality, what is it? It gives, it's, it's, it's a drink, nectar, but it, it grants immortality, amrita. Therefore, the, the nectar-like drink is amrita, and the thing that amrita bestows, immortality, is amrita. That's why the same word. But is it amrita? Are the gods immortal? The gods aren't immortal. They live a long time. Amrita gives them um, a long life, right? The gods drink nectar but they still die so this is what the poetic form here is the gods even death comes to gods it may be by human standard billions of years by their standard 100 years right indra lives 100 years it may be very long for us in comparison right 
they live their life, right? A long life, but, but, but they also die. But it says, but not though, even the gods die after drinking nectar that's churned from the ocean. And the Vedic times, you also have this idea of soma, a different, different versions of nectar, right? But those who drink soma, they die. Those who drink the gods after drinking nectar, they die, right? So, but not one who hears, who drinks this nectar. What is this nectar? The story about Devi. Because the stories about Devi are, it's a devotion like to listen to the stories of Devi, right? But the stories of Devi are Devi's teachings, how, how to transcend death, how to go beyond time, right? Because Amrita, immortality is different than, what's the term? Um, uh, no, eternal, it's better, is different than immortal. Something that's immortal doesn't die, but that's they still die eventually. Even time and space will all be wiped up in the universe eventually, right? Right. But the eternal is beyond time. You have in order to attain the eternal, that's what's being aimed at. So it's not even that you won't die, everyone dies, including the gods. But when you if you attain the eternal, the transcendent, that which is beyond time, space, and causation, right? That is what was was after. The heavenly realms are long-lasting. They're not eternal, right? Eternal, another term for eternal is sanatan. Uh, nitya and sanatana. What's the term? Uh, uh, we have that verse of the Chandi. We do that as our pronouns. Stristi stiti vinashanam shakti bhute sanatani, right? Stristi stiti vinashanam. You, O Devi, create, sustain, and destroy. In other words, saying you are the power of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, the creator, sustainer, and destroyer, right? And you are sanatani, means you are unchanged, you are eternal, you are the substratum. You are the power of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva that creates, sustains, and destroys, and you are eternal, unchanging, unchanged. You know, how to attain sanatani, this is what this Devi Bhagavatam, these stories of Devi are going to tell. There is a this Katamrita, maybe you know uh, the gospel. We have the gospel of Sri Ramakrishna. The original Bengali is called the Sri Sri Ramakrishna Katamrita, right? The nectar words of Sri Ramakrishna, right? Um, um, and the opening line that M put, at least in the early volumes, uh, in front of every chapter, from a, a verse from the Devi Gita, the Devi, uh, the, the, it's called the Gopi Gita, the song of the Gopi from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Tava katamritam tapta jivanam kavir kavibhir iditam kalma shaspaham shavaramangalam shimarasatam buvi grihantihi ye burida janaha. Tava katamritam tapta jivanam. These words of nectar, what are these words of nectar? In the Devi Gita, in the Gopi Gita, it's songs about words about Krishna. In the Devi Gita, it's stories of Shakti, right? They they tap the jivanam to those of us who are burning in this fire of the material world. They act like like um, 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 like nectar, like cooling balm, right? Ambrosia to to us burning in this world, right? Those who sing these your words, right? Uh, they are blessed and they and they spread blessings everywhere, right? How unparalleled, how glorious they are. This I'm giving a just. Uh, just translation of the of this of the kavakatamritam, right? So we hear we should hear these beautiful words of Devi, right? Um, um, 
There's another verse I remember in the Shrimad Shrima Bhagavatam, the seventh skanda. Yeah, I, I got it. Only 10 minutes over. In the, in the Shrimad Bhagavatam, there's Pibate, there's a, I, I, won't, I won't read the, the verse because I'm running out of time. Um, it says, the, what a beautiful, the, 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 the sublimity of this image. Those who drink the nectar, the nectar stories, Katamrita, also Katamrita, Shravanam uh, uh, about Bhagavan. Here it says Bhagavan or an Atman, the self, or Bhagavan, the Lord. In our version, it's Shakti, that are poured into our ears by the saints. How beautiful. The saints pour nectar into the ears. Uh, what nectar of, of the stories of God, right? right? Our comp- such people are completely purified inside and out, and they become um, uh, attain the lotus feet of the Lord. Purified, and how, what a beautiful idea. I sometimes think is like we hear so much garbage thing. We meditate upon so much garbage things. Um, they call prajapata. This is like um, gossip and foolish things and like this. We don't feel, we don't always meditate and listen to 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 shakti the katamrita nectar nectar words nectar stories right and so our minds and hearts are are, are impurified they're sullied but if you think the great example if you have a glass of dirty water and you pour clean water in it what happens in the beginning they make it a little more dirty because whatever settles gets all riled up but bit by bit the water overflows and the dirty water, you keep pouring clean water in, the dirty water overflows, keep pouring pretty soon, clean in, clean out, right? How how these stories immediately purify purify our consciousness um, bit by bit like this, right? So I think I didn't get to verse, it's, it's 810. I didn't get to verse three, we'll just read verse three. You are blessed. So Vyasa gives an answer. You are blessed and completely fulfilled. You have been taught by those of great hearts, or great souls. And you are fortunate for you possess true devotion to the goddess. You can think about this first and read the next few verses as you begin. This is his introduction for his first story of how, um, why the gods prayed and how Devi appeared as this infinite light, which is non-different from Brahman, right? Um, and how that light eventually took on the form of Vineshwari and answers and, and, and begins to teach the, the Devi Bhagavatam, the Devi Gita. What thoughtful person would ever tire of drinking the nectar-like tales of Shakti? Death comes even to those who drink ambrosia or, or nectar, but not to one who hears this act of her, this act of hers. Sri Guru Maharaj Ki Jai, Jai Mahamai Ki Jai, Swamiji Maharaj Ki Jai. Uh, go back to here. So I went, I started a few minutes late, so I went a few minutes late. Are there any questions or comments? You can unmute yourself or wave yourself in. Or if not, Swami, if there's anybody, Swami Ambikananda, if anybody wrote anything, you can also tell me. Naima. Here, Swamiji. Yes, yes, Ellen. Um, you said that the Amrita was churned from the ocean, and yeah. it really just made me think about um, the cosmic sound, the vibration, the sound of Om. And when in meditation, at least in my meditation practice, when you 
hear that cosmic sound of ohm from the ether you are sipping the immortal nectar of god is that another way to also see that verse it, it, it could be but 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 even but the part of the the commentator had mentioned that that um that it's the the nectar that the nectar you can drink isn't a real nectar right the the ohm ohm comes from something in the in the in the in the devi in the Devi Mahatmyam, the Chandi, in the, the first hymn, the Brahma Stuti, Lord Brahma gives his first hymn, where he says, Twam Swaha, Twam Swaha, Twam Swaha, Twam He, you are different mantras, you are Swaha, Swadha, different mantras, you are Om, right? You are the single, uh, you are the three-lettered mantra. I'm forgetting, it's around me somewhere, I'm forgetting the verse right now, but you are the three-lettered mantra, that means Om. Right, and you are the mystic force sound, fourth sound, and its special mode of pronunciation. So there is a verse that that's commented on by Shankaracharya. That uh, I think it's it's considered a Vedic verse. I've never found it in the Vedas, but it's always claimed that this is a Vedic verse. And then Shankaracharya composed some hymn around it. But it says, Om Kara Bindu Sam Yuktam Nityam Jayate Yoganaha Kamaram Mukshiram Chaiva Om Karaya Morama. Wow, I haven't I haven't thought of that in years. And it just came like would have been embarrassing when you try to remember a verse and you don't get it right. So Om Kara Bindu Sam Yuktam, that Om Kar, that Om sound, right? Bindu Samyuktam, along with Bindu, we have Om, and then in, in the same we have that, that moon and the dot. That Bindu is the silence from which Om comes, and the silence in which the Om goes. In When we pronounce Om in chanting, it's a nasal sound. Om, the Om becomes Om and becomes and, and, and trails off. Where does it where does it end? Silent, more and more silent, more and more silent, more and more, more subtle, more. We don't know where it goes. Right, but it goes into something, right? Omkara bin the yogis, yogina, nitta yogina, the yogis always meditate upon om with bindu, om and the silence in which om comes from. They fall either they can watch it come out or watch it where it goes. They they follow it, right? The silence in which it goes. He says, To such a person, Kamara Mukshidam Chaiva, you give Kamara Muk, you give fulfill our desires, their desires, and you give them liberation. Right, you get the full thing. Right, this is uh, you get your desires. Desires that's a, this is a tricky just a commentary on this verse, which is very interesting. Kamara Mukshidam Chaiva, you give uh, uh, you fulfill our desires, meaning all my particular desires get fulfilled by meditating on Om, or I become free from desires. I'm from, from Om, both can see from two sides of it, and you get liberation. Mokshinam Om Karaya I bow to that Om. So Om is not is 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 the manifested sound as well as the force sound. Here, that force sound is Mahaha Maha, the Param Maha, the, the the supreme light that 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 is a force sound once it comes. But so then so so in a certain we can the nectar we drink. It's tricky. I don't want to because chanting an om is nectar. It is simply nectar, but the real nectar is the nectar that can't be heard, can't be drunk. It's the it's the it's the, uh, from which nectar comes, right? It's the uh, the ground of being. That's her. That's, that is Brahman, right? Um, and there's many tricks. There's ways of doing this, right? Uh, but to med- and you and very often many techniques that meditate on om or different mantras encourage us also then to follow the mantra into silence. That's one technique. Technique for sure, right? My guru, there's another, like in the Gita, Krishna says, 
um, like strings, like beads on a string. Here's a bead, here's a bead, here's a bead, right? So inside every bead, there is a string that, that, that I am Sutratma, I'm the self behind everything. But you never notice it because you see, here's every bean that's strung, right? You never notice the thing in common is a string. But you can notice if you're really careful in between, there's a little gap where you may catch the, uh, the string in between sounds, in between thoughts, in between uh, um, om, right? Between after the om, you, you can be able to catch the silence. This is the fourth state. This is Sudatman, this is Atman, this is the, the real nectar of immortality, like actually grants immortality. So, so yes and no. <laughs> oh, thank you. Anybody else? Or forever hold your peace. Om, 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 om. You got. Five seconds. <laughs> Let me see here. Chat. Okay then. So next week we'll 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 continue on um, uh, verse starting from verse two. We'll probably I think it is from verse two to. I don't know how we'll go, but. Probably verse two through verse thirteen or fourteen. This is my the section and we're on. If you want to meditate on those verses, think think about it. And if you have the the Mackenzie Brown book, you can read um, some of the commentary if you're interested and kind of orient yourself. We probably we won't get past that. Doc will introduce the opening, the background story, and her initial appearance. So we'll talk about we'll talk about that. So thank you very much for your kind attention. Well, um, um, I think this is hopefully an auspicious start to a, a beautiful text. And, and I can't wait to, each verse is uh, more beautiful than the next. I love this text very, very much. So I'm excited, very much excited about it. Jai ma, jai ma, jai ma. Good night. <laughs> Let me switch views here. I can see who's here. Now, look at all these beautiful people. Atmaram. Jai ma, jai ma. Ananda. Jai ma. Jai ma. Who's jai ma? Who's jai ma me? I just jived Ma. Oh, damn, damn. Ah. Calling, calling Ma Jai Ma. Well, jai Ma to you too. <laughs> jai Ma, Jai Ma, Kali. Jai Ma, Elijah. You have somebody next to you. Jai Ma, Jai Ma. <laughs> <laughs> the Ma, or the, the other Ma. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> jai Ma. Durga Dasi. And, and, and Giri, actually, this is your fault. You're the one who said we should study a Devi text. So this is like, if you want to know whose fault this is, I mean, who who to blame or who to praise. He said, it all started with a text. I think we should do a text on, we should do a class on Devi, on Devi text, like Devi Bhagavatam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's what started. I sat down at the computer that day, like, let's see what we have, what notes we have here. What can, what, what I can do. So thank you, Giddy. Service. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Jaima. Good. Jaima, Ananda, Jaima. Who do we have? Krishna Chaitra, Makoto Aisa, Sundari, Iri. <laughs> you're, you're, out in the, you're out on a lake somewhere. That's wonderful. Yeah, with the albatross. <laughs> Excellent. In New Zealand. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm glad you have good reception even out, out there. Good. <laughs> Thank Daima. you, Swamiji. It's a, it's a great Daima, text. Heather, Daima, Daima. Remy, Daima. What else we got? 
all of our it's so nice to have have everybody we've missed our connection we missed our gatherings which is so nice so also i look at these 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 um sat these uh, wednesday things a little more sets our other courses we have you know planned i have complicated notes on how to put everything in the proper way this is just let's just go verse by verse and just go through the text and have fun you know and this beautiful goddess text very uh, uh sophisticated i think everybody will enjoy all right shanti 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 praying for everyone's health and benefit and for peace Jai ma. Jai ma. thanks everyone Mm. <laughs> you're Elijah, you're always the last. You always hang out. Yes, I always stay. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. the way me and my mom do things. We wait till everybody else leaves. That's good. That's good. Actually, sometimes the best the, the best of best stuff happens sometimes. Diamond. <laughs> good night, good night. <laughs>